Lord, you are the true vine. You are the light of the world. You are the bread of life. Come on, church family, let's lift up the name of Jesus, whether you're, you are in your living room, you are in this parking lot. You said when all my children would lift my name up, I will draw people to myself. So we praise your name. We honor you. We thank you for your presence. Our hope is in you, Jesus. It is not in our health. It's not in our finances. Our hope is in you alone. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. Amen. It is good to be at the parking lot of the Lord. It is wonderful to be here with you today. What an honor. This is crazy. Man, I'm getting to teach you guys from the roof. I kind of I kind of know what it feels like to be Jesus when he preached from the Sermon on the Mount. This is crazy, and it's crazy that you showed up, and thank you. Thank you for being with us online. Uh, sometimes you just got to find a way when it looks impossible. You got to find a way when it looks impossible. In 1984, Augusto and Michaela uh, noticed that their young son was stumbling and, and not feeling well, so they brought him to the doctor. And after a few tests, uh, they, he was diagnosed with a very rare disease in which there was no treatment, there was no cure, and he was the doctors diagnosed and said that he's, his condition would get worse quickly. He would he would be he would continue to lose his balance. He would become deaf and blind. He would die of aspiration within just two years. It was devastating news, and it looked hopeless. But his dad, Augusto, was a fighter. And he was going to find a way when things looked impossible. And so when there was no cure, he was going to find a cure. Now, there was a lot of obstacles. He only had a high school education. He, 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 this was the days before the Internet. And so he would have to look at research journals and health documents. He, he, and, and then when learning about the disease, he only had two years to find a cure to save his son's life. And so by day, he worked at a bank. And by night, he would do research and do studies. And he came across something from a very unlikely source. The oil from his, that he would use to make spaghetti carbonara, he, he reasoned that the oil might dry up some of the, the deadly acids that were affecting his son's nervous system. And so he began to give this to his son, and he noticed that his son got improvement. And so he would do this often, and, and he found out that although this was not a cure, it halted the disease. And the medical researchers, they were baffled because there was no way that an, an, a, that an amateur could find a cure without any kind of experience or education. But it was working, and he began to share this with others, and thousands were saved. In 2005, uh, Lorenzo lived... A, 20 years longer than was expected. He died of an unrelated accident. And it was during that year that doctors published this study and a movie was born called Lorenzo's Oil. Augusta found a way when there was no other way. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I'm so excited that you are here as we start a brand new series called With You Always. Now more than ever, we need to be assured of the presence of Jesus. Amen? We need to know that he is with us. So every Sunday, we're going to discover a unique Bible story and it, that we're going to be able to discover what happens when we are in the presence of Jesus. In Mark chapter 2, 
the, the background of this story is that Jesus was visiting a, a friend's small group. And while he was teaching the word, the word was getting out and crowds were coming from all over. And it says in verse 2 of Mark chapter 2, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And then verse 11, he says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose and he took up the bed and he went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Now notice it was Jesus who saw the faith of this man's small group, his friends, and he was moved to action because of their faith, because they found a way when things looked impossible. I want to give you three ways to find a way today when things look impossible, when things look uh, bleak and they don't look like they're going to work out. First, you must find a way to be with Jesus. Find a way to be with Jesus. I imagine it was uh, this, this guy who was paralyzed, he couldn't walk, that, that he, he was hearing stories of other people being healed by Jesus and thought, you know, what if I could be healed? Maybe it was during a, a time when his buddies were out taking a hike and he was experiencing a little bit of FOMO and, and he, was, he, he, he didn't want to miss out. And he was like, maybe he prayed, God, would, would you heal me? And he thought about the blind man that was healed by Jesus. He thought about the lepers that were healed by Jesus. And I imagine it was when his buddies came back from a walk and one of them might have suggested, Jesus is in our town. We know where he's at. And, and the, the paralyzed guy said, well, let's, let's go. And and that they went, and I bet, I bet that this man, that this single focus, this single desire was, if I could just be in the presence of Jesus, if I could just be in the presence of the Lord. And here we are today, and you know, the world has shut down. Sports has shut down. Schools have shut down. Restaurants have shut down. Businesses have shut down. But you know one thing that hasn't shut down? One who has, will never shut down, and that is Jesus. And if you agree with me, man, shine those lights, honk those horns, like us online, because he will never shut down. And as we, as we notice that the world has stopped, it, it brings me back to the, the word Sabbath. It literally means to stop, to cease. What if God is allowing all of this to happen because he wants to communicate a very important message and he wants to communicate, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am in control. I've got this. You can put your trust in me. You're not going to have to worry. And so what is he saying during this difficult time? What is he saying to you? Would you listen? Because I believe he's allowed this for a reason. This is not taking him by surprise. That God has allowed this to happen. And he's allowing it to happen to, to bring people to himself. He's saying, return to me. Would you be with me? I want to be with you. And this is what abide means. It means, John, in chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you abide 
neither can you unless you abide in me. Now is the time that we abide with the Lord. It means to dwell, to, to be with, to be in the presence of the Lord. Psalm chapter 91, verse 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. The greatest investment of your time during this difficult time is is to be with Jesus. While everything is slowing down, you have time. Make it your greatest priority to spend time with Jesus, to open up your word early in the morning and say, God, would you speak to me? Maybe some of you are going through the Bible this year. You're going through the New Testament. I encourage you to pick a gospel like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John and make a decision to go through the gospel and say, Jesus, what are you speaking to me? Before I I open up my phone and listen to what the news is or on social media, I want to hear the words of you. And Jesus will bring his words of comfort and his assurance. You will know that as you spend time with him in the word, as you spend time with him in worship, as you spend time with him in prayer and having a conversation to the Lord, that you take your focus off what's going on in the world and you put your focus on in Jesus and he will give you his presence. He will give you his power. Power, and you will know that he is with you always. First, you got to find a way to be with Jesus. Second, you got to find a way, you got to find a way to bring people to Jesus. Find a way to bring people to Jesus. You know, this, the, the guy who was paralyzed, uh, you know, he had a small group and thank God he had a team that said, you know what, when we showed up, when we got to this house and it looked crowded and there was no way in, It was his small group that said, you know what? We're going to find a way because we want you to be healed. And it was Jesus's, he saw their faith that inspired them. Now this, while they were doing it, it took a, it took a team, right? It took a small group. It took someone to, to have the crazy idea to find a way. It took someone to hold the rope. It took someone to take off part of the roof so they could lower their friend to Jesus. And I imagine people saw that and said, this is crazy. You can't do this. You're going to make it worse. He's paralyzed. You could put him at risk for injury. You can't do this. That's trespassing. You can't do this. That's going to interrupt the worship service with Jesus. But know this, that Jesus is never moved by the I can'ts. And he's moved by the faith of the I can'ts. And you've got to find a way when it looks impossible. You've got to find a way when other people shrink back in fear. And we've got to find a way. The single motivation of this man, of his friends, was their heart of love and compassion. And when we look at Jesus, he has great compassion and love for you. You are not alone. You are not forgotten. Those of you who are afraid and worried, those of you who are on the front lines, in the medical fields, in the grocery stores, God is with you. He loves you. Scripture says in Psalm 117, praise the Lord for he is merciful. His kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. And as his followers, as his church, now is not the time to shrink back. We've got to run to the crisis. We've got to run to the fire. We've got to run to those in need. We do that through prayer. We do that through responsible care. But let's not shrink back, but let us help those who are in need. Let's bring people to Jesus. James chapter 1, verse 27 says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. 
The word to look after, this Greek word literally means to look after, not just look from a distance, but to take action, to be moved by good deeds. What if during this difficult time, it was the church's deeds and actions that were on the lips of those who are watching? No greater time, no greater opportunity now than we can bring people to Jesus. We've got to be kind. We've got to be moved to compassion. We've got to be willing to help others. And you can do that by knowing who your neighbors are. You can, you can do for one what you wish you could do for all. My friend and pastor, Mario Calderon, I heard of the story this past week that he was at HEB shopping for his family. And he got a, a bunch of groceries together. And the guy in front of him was trying to pay. And he only had less than 10 items. And he was taking items off because he simply couldn't afford it. And Mario looked around, and he saw all the people in the, the grocery store who had need and had groceries, and the Holy Spirit prompted him to generously pay for this man's groceries. And so he did that. And the man was so moved by Mario's compassion, not only this man, but, but the, the, the grocery clerk as well. And she was touched by this. And it was during this time of, of, of need and this time where people are afraid is our opportunity to shine and be the church of God, to be generous, to help those in need. And you have neighbors, I encourage you to get out. Maybe knock on their door, use responsibility, but bring the Clorox wipes, bring the toilet paper, bring a notepad and ask, how can I pray for you? Get phone numbers and let's be the followers of Christ who, who don't shrink back, but, but demonstrate the compassion and the kindness and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's so important that we be moved. As a church family, we're going to be mobilizing this week. We're going to assemble compassion kits that we can go to those who are on the front lines, to the single moms, to our seniors, to, to our medical personnel, to those who are sick. So thank you who brought gift cards and you brought homemade cards from your, your children because we're going to go and we're going to go to the homes and we're going to communicate the love and care of Christ so first, you got to find a way to be with Jesus. Second, you got to find a way to bring people to Jesus. Third, you got to find a way to bring Jesus to people. I imagine this man who was paralyzed and he was healed, that when he started walking around in his community, the people were starting to, weren't you the guy? They were asking, aren't you, weren't you the guy who, who you depended on others to carry you around? Imagine the testimony that he had, that Jesus not only healed me, but he forgave me of his sins. I imagine everywhere he want, went, he was talking about Jesus. And if that light was shining to everyone, you got to find a way to bring Jesus to people. Use your social media platform to testify, to share your story, to bring comfort and hope to those who desperately need it. Father, we come before you and we proclaim our need for you. We know that you are with us even now as we gather together. We sense your presence. You said when two or three are gathered together that you would be with us. And I pray that you would bless those who have shown up in this parking lot and every car, every vehicle, to those that are home and they're joining us. I pray that we would be reassured that you are always with us that we don't have to be afraid, that we don't have to fear, that we know that you are with us and we trust you. To those who are sick in our world with this virus, from Italy to South Korea to China to New York to California, Lord, would you be with them? Would you be near to them? Would you see the tears? Would they turn to you, Lord, and put their faith in you? Father, would you give doctors wisdom? Would you find a cure, O oh Lord? Would you give wisdom to our leadership, Father? 
I pray that you would be with those who are on the front lines, our nurses and our doctors, God, those who are working in the grocery stores and gas stations. Would you be with them, Father? Those who are afraid, our seniors, God, our elderly, the poor, Lord, would you be close to them in this moment? Would you be with them, Father? We know that you are with us. As we continue to pray, I'd ask that you would examine your heart right now and know that this man who was paralyzed, his greatest need was not to be healed so he could walk again. The greatest need was that he be forgiven. And Jesus knew this. Before he healed him, he looked at him and he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Man's greatest need is not more finances, it's not health. God's answer to man's greatest need will always be Jesus. And if he's allowed, this is a time where he's slowing things down so you could turn your eyes upon Jesus and know that he is here and that he loves you and that he would ask that you would cry out his name to him and that you would return to him. He will forgive you. And so wherever you're at, whether you're in a living room or you're, you're here in our, our parking lot, if your life is not right with God, I would ask that you would surrender your life to Jesus today. Would you pray with me? Dear Father, I confess that you are a living God, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, that I might be forgiven. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my selfishness. I surrender my life to you today. I give you my life. Would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Would you set me free? Give me hope and peace and joy as a new creation, as a son and a daughter in you. From this moment forward, I choose to walk after you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. If you prayed this prayer, would you let us know online by saying, I surrender. If you pray this prayer, and you are here in our parking lot and someone surrendered their life to Jesus today and you, you're right with God today, would you let us know? Maybe honk your horn that we can celebrate with you today. We praise you, Lord. We thank God for all that he's doing in our lives. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus today, would you email us at help, help at mygateway.tv, help at mygateway.tv. If you are in our city and you have any need, whether you're sick, you need groceries to be delivered to your home, would you email us at help at mygateway.tv. We want to care for you. You are not alone. We want to praise the Lord with you. Right now, we're going to end our time together with a, a moment of song. And let's praise our voices to the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you brought us here together in community. We love you. We honor you and we praise your wonderful name in the name of Jesus.